0: This morning just for the next few minutes want to share with you a word that I believe will be uh, something that will edify you and build you up and and hopefully encourage you and challenge you and then at the very end we're going to receive communion together uh, as a church and I'm looking forward to that as well but today uh, I continue with the series that I started a few weeks ago called beginnings and uh, today we're going to be going into Uh, The book of Exodus, the book of Exodus, and I'm really going to be focusing on just three chapters there. I know you've been reading this past week, and I know you've been following along, and you're going to just read a story that's really familiar to all of you uh, because you've been in the Bible reading this week. Amen. Amen. And so thank you. And just a reminder, too, we're not having any life study groups tonight. Uh, We'll be back on track uh, next Sunday night for that, so it gives you a chance to uh, stay caught up and I'll get some more work done. But the title of my message today is Rescued, Rescued, Rescued. We all hear the word rescued. I know when I do, and we we tend to think of someone who is in a dangerous situation and they need help out. When you hear the word rescued, you think of somebody that's in trouble, somebody that may be trapped and and they're really helpless, and and they need somebody to come alongside of them and help them out of that predicament. And this past week, I don't know if you saw uh, this in the news or not, but it kind of caught my eye, uh, the different things where people were rescued. I saw in the news this week that people in the Bahamas where Hurricane Dorian went through and just really devastated and demolished parts of the Bahamas, people are still being rescued in the Bahamas. I put this photo up here if you don't mind. Uh, Just the Coast Guard alone, uh, they shared this week in the news, that the Coast Guard alone has already rescued almost 300 people that were either trapped in cars or trapped in uh, houses that were, uh, had crumbled on top of people and maybe their legs were broken and they couldn't get out. But the Coast Guard has rescued over 300 people who were in danger and they needed to be rescued out of that situation they were in. And I say praise God for the Coast Guard for being there to rescue these people and a more recent rescue, I don't know if you saw this on the news. It was really heartbreaking. Uh, this was on Monday uh, in New York City. I got a photo right here. Uh, this is, it's not a real good photo, but it's a photo that, of a young five-year-old girl that was rescued off the tracks at the, on the train system in New York City. I don't know if you heard or not, but the young lady, the, the young girl, the five-year-old girl, her father was carrying her in his arms, and he was attempting suicide murder at the same time. And he jumped in front of the train as the train was approaching. And, and the father died. But the young girl, amazingly, she survived. But she was pinned down on the tracks because her extremities were broke, Her legs were broken. And some local New Yorkers that were all standing by, they, they jumped down there and they rescued this young girl off of those tracks. And, and she survived. Praise the Lord she survived. And but it just reminds us, listen, people need to, we listen, we all find ourselves, maybe not in extreme situations like this, but there's times in our life when we need to be rescued. Can I get an amen? amen. There's times in our life we need to be rescued. We we find ourselves in dangerous places, many of us have, and because of those places that we're in. We feel trapped sometimes like some of these people in these, uh, these photos I showed you. We, we feel uh, hopeless and, and we feel helpless. Uh, we, sometimes we can feel trapped by our own circumstances and even our own environment. Uh, we can feel hopeless and helpless because of where we are in life. And we need to be rescued. And that's where we are today as we read the word of God. As we look in the book of Exodus, we find God's people in a very dangerous place. They're in a place where they feel helpless and they're in a place where they feel hopeless and they need to be rescued because they're trapped and pinned down in life. Now, just to recall a little bit about last Sunday and the message I shared with you about Joseph, when we recall the story of Joseph, we remember how Joseph ended up in Egypt You remember the story, right? Good. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So Joseph was in Egypt, and he was there. Uh, You know, the way he arrived, there was a lot of detours on the way, but he was there in Egypt. And while he was there in Egypt, God was blessing him. And at the very end there of that story in Genesis, we see there was a great famine in the land. And because of the famine, it brought Joseph and all of his brothers and his father back together again. And while they were there in Egypt, the Bible tells us that they found uh, favor with Pharaoh at the time. So they're living in Egypt, but they're being blessed by God. But then when we open up the book of Exodus, it's amazing how things change. They go from being people who are blessed, and now things have changed for them, and now they find themselves in slavery. Isn't it amazing the different seasons that we go through in life? And they find themselves in this place where things have changed for them. And the reason why is because now there's a new Pharaoh. There's a new king in Egypt. And he's coming to power. And the Bible says that he knew nothing of Joseph. And he didn't realize all that Joseph had done. And he got a little worried because God's people were so blessed. They started multiplying And they were starting to outnumber the Egyptians. And Pharaoh was like, look, these people are starting to outnumber our own people. And if we go to war and they rise up, they're going to be able to overtake us. So Pharaoh was starting to fear the Israelites. So what does he do? He assigns these taskmasters, these taskmasters or slave drivers. He he assigns these slave drivers over the people of God and he enslaves them, wearing them down with crushing labor and wearing them out without mercy. How many of y'all got a boss like that? (laughs) So here they are, and now they went from being blessed people in Egypt and now they're in slavery. And I want to pick up here in chapter 2 at the very end of Exodus and read a few verses to you in chapter 3, and then I'm going to real quickly jump over to chapter 12 and share something with you. But here we, just follow along. Here's God's people and they're living in slavery now and they're being crushed and they're being oppressed by these slave drivers, these taskmasters and they're losing hope and they're helpless. And in Exodus chapter two, it says, years passed and the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh died. But the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help and their cry rose up to God. God, hearing their groaning or crying, he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham. We already learned about that covenant with Abraham. He he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he looked down on the people of Israel, and he says, it's time to act. And then we skip over to verse 3. So how does God act? What does God do? God goes to this man named Moses. It says, one day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush, and Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. You need to take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face and he was afraid to look at God. And then verse 7 Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. I have come down to rescue. Say rescue. Rescue. I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. The land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jezebites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh, and you must lead my people out of Egypt. And you remember the story. uh, uh, God uses those 10 plagues uh, to speak to the heart of Pharaoh, and eventually on that last plague, Uh, He uh, just tells the people to leave out of Egypt, and here we are. You can flip over just a few uh, chapters in Exodus 12, verse 12. On that last plague, on the night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood, you remember the blood of the unblemished lamb? That blood that they were to use was to be put on the doorpost and will serve as a sign marking the houses where you're staying. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Listen to verse 14. This is a day to remember. Remember? Each year, from generation to generation, let me say that again, from generation to generation, you must celebrate. It is a special festival to the Lord, and this is a law for all time. We are to celebrate the Passover, that blood that was put over the doorpost and how it saved and rescued the people of God from the Egyptians. Father, thank you for your word. God, I know your word does not return void, and, God, I just pray right now that you, by your Spirit, would just work, God, in here. Holy Spirit, speak to every heart. I pray, Lord, that you would just begin to draw people to you now and just help them to fully surrender to your will. God, help us all today to put our trust in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This, this, uh, these passages I just read to you represent really... Uh, one of the greatest and most powerful events in the history of Israel. We find it right here in the book of Exodus. So the question is this morning, what can we learn from these first three verses out of Exodus? Here's what you can learn today. Here's what you can take away with you today. We need to know that no matter how uh, how much pain or how much Uh, helplessness or hopelessness that we have in our life we serve a God who will come and rescue us and help us aren't you grateful for that today aren't you grateful that you serve a God who hears you and sees you and knows exactly what you're going through in your life praise the Lord for that so we can learn that that would be the main thing that we take away today that God is wanting to help us but just to look back over these few verses that I read to you, I just want to pull a few things out that is going to encourage you, and we're going to pray in just a minute and have communion. First of all, we need to know that God's people were living in slavery. God's people were living in slavery. Instead of living out that, that covenant that they had, God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they would multiply, they would be blessed, and they would be a blessing to everyone around them. Instead of being a blessing, we find God's people building bricks for the Egyptians. There, instead of being a blessing, now they're building bricks for the Egyptians. They had become slaves to these taskmasters. You see, slavery, when you think of that word slavery, it means no freedom. You know, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to go. Di- no, you're not, you're going to get back in here and you're going to start making those bricks again. There's no freedom with slavery. And then there's no choices with slavery. No, I think today I'll sleep in. I think today I'll do. No, you're going to get out there and you're going to work and you're going to build these bricks. There's no freedom. There's no choices. Listen, with slavery, there's no hope. They're they're convinced that they're going to be this way the rest of their life. There's no hope. That's what slavery does to you. It places a heavy burden on your life. And these people, God's people, they were oppressed and they were abused by these slave drivers, these taskmasters, and it caused them great pain. It caused them great suffering in their life. And what did they do? They started crying out for help. Have you ever gone through some pain in your life and gone through some deep sorrow and all you could do was cry, friend? And this is where they're at. They're crying out for help. They're crying out for help. And the Bible says that God hears their cry, hallelujah, God hears their cry. He sees their misery, and he hears their cry. And I don't know about you this morning, but I'm grateful. My heart's filled with hope knowing that God sees us when we're trapped in misery. Oh, I'm filled with hope today knowing that God hears me when I'm crying in pain, when I'm crying in sorrow. I'm grateful that my God hears me, and he wants to come, and he wants to help me. Aren't you grateful for that today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, go ahead and say thank you, Jesus. And that could be the case for some of you this morning. You've walked through the doors here today, and you know on the outside, there's a great big smile. But on the inside, friend, there could be some misery there. There could be some crying going on because of the pain and the sorrow in your life. And I just want to remind you this morning that God sees you right there where you are. He sees the misery that you're going in. Some of you are, are, are going through depression and some of you are grieving over the loss of some people that are so dear and close to you that have passed on and some of you are are still hurting on the inside. Let me just tell you this morning, friend, if that's you, God, he sees your misery, he hears your cry and he's there to be with you through it all. Some of you are crying this morning on the inside because of what somebody's done to you in the past by maybe some wrong they've done to you or Maybe you're crying this morning because your kids are in trouble or maybe you're crying because your family's in trouble. Maybe you're crying because you got some relationships in trouble. Listen, whatever you're crying about today, friend, if you'll cry out to God, he hears your cry and he'll come and help you and rescue Don't you give up, friend. You keep trusting in the Lord. You think about the time that went by that these people were living in slavery, And some of you have been living in slavery for uh, days and months and years and you're going through physical suffering, you're going through emotional suffering, you're going through mental suffering. You know mental illness is a real thing that is impacting a lot of people all around us and there's a lot of people that are suffering mentally, there's a lot of people suffering spiritually. When I was in Oklahoma this week, I I met this pastor, never met him before in my life, and and God kind of connected us together. And and I don't know what it is, but when I get around people, they got to tell me everything. (laughs) And I wanted to listen to him because I could tell there was something heavy on him. But he began to tell me about how in his life just not too long ago how he was so stressed out and how uh, he would have these panic attacks and anxiety would creep in and, and it was just uh, weighing heavy on It was a really, a, it was a slave to him. He was enslaved by this anxiety and enslaved by this stress and it was taking a toll on all of his relationships. It was taking a toll on him physically and finally he decided he was going to go get some help and when he did, that's when some things started to turn around for him a little. It was a slow turnaround but praise God, he's still in in ministry and he's still preaching the gospel and God's still using him, praise the Lord hallelujah he told me he said you know what, I looked right at my wife and all my kids, all of us there together on a Sunday when church had just finished and I looked at them in the car and I said I want y'all to know I hate my life man the stress and the pain and the anxiety and the sorrow this man was carrying to feel that way—it's real, and people deal with it every day. But the good news is that God sees us in our misery, God hears our cries, and if we'll call out to Him, He'll come rest. He'll come rescue you out of there. Hallelujah. He'll come and bring you out of that. He loves you enough that he'll he'll come and he'll lift you up. He's concerned about your life. Listen to me, friend. He's concerned about you, every detail of your life. He loves you and he wants to help you and he wants to get involved. I love 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all your anxiety on Jesus because he cares for you. He cares for you today. Friend, he cares for you today. He cares for you, sir. He cares for you, ma'am, young girl, young man. He cares for you. Don't you ever listen to the lie of the devil. You got a Lord, you got a God who loves you and cares for you. Hallelujah. And you may be going through a difficult situation today. And I know some of you are. Some of you are going through some things and you've just experienced some stuff in your life right now. You never thought you'd have to go through. And you feel all alone. But I want you to know this morning, the truth is that God is never far away, that God is near. God will help you, and God will rescue you out of that mess that you're in. You just call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We notice here in these passages that the Israelites are enslaved by these taskmasters. And it appears that they've been convinced that this is how they're going to live the rest of their life. And that's a lie from the enemy. Some of you are sitting here right now and you're enslaved by some things in your life and the devil's convinced you that you're going to be like that the rest of your life. But I got news for you, friend. Jesus can rescue you out of that. He can bring you through. And what really blesses my heart is when you look at this passage, here they are, and they're enslaved. They're making bricks. There's no purpose in their life. They're convinced that they're always going to be a slave. There's pain, and there's sorrow, and they're crying, and it seems like there's no hope for them. But on the other side, God's working. God's working. On the other side, God is working. Reminds me of that song, Waymaker. Even when we don't see him working, we know he's working. Even when we don't feel him, we know he's working. He never stops working. He never stops working. God is always working. Aren't you grateful today that no matter how hopeless or helpless you may be in your situation, God is over here and he's always working. He's always working. And he's working things out for his glory. Praise the Lord, he's working. How was God working in this situation? How was he working? I read it to you a while ago. You already know. He went to the desert to find this man named Moses. Now, Moses is not the most likely candidate to be used by God. He's on up in age now. He's had some failures and some faults in his life. He's messed up a time or two for sure. But you remember the story of Moses, right? Moses, I mean, he barely escaped being killed by Pharaoh when he issued that all the baby boys would be killed in Egypt. And and, uh, God rescued Moses from that and put him in the palace actually to be raised by Pharaoh's daughter. And then we know when Moses was a little bit older, uh, he actually committed murder. He murdered an Egyptian, and he tried to cover up that sin, and because he couldn't cover up that sin, he he had to run, and he ran out into the desert to live. Listen, friend, I don't care what you do. You can never hide your sin from God. He sees everything. Instead of trying to hide it, why don't you just start confessing it to God and ask Him to forgive you? But Moses this cover-up took him out into the desert to live, and he has an encounter. Aren't you grateful? Y'all help me, because I, I, I lose focus sometimes. There's so much preaching out of here, man. Good, gracious. That even when you're in the desert, God will come and see you. When things just seem dry to you, and you don't even know what you're going to do, when you think life is over, friend, God is still come and see you right there in that place. And God showed up in Moses' life, and he said, listen, Moses, I want, I've heard the cry of my people, and I'm calling you now, Moses, to go out, and I want you to bring them out of slavery. I want you to bring them out of Egypt. See, now, when you look in your Bible and you look at the Old Testament, you can see that there's different types of pictures there that represent Jesus Christ. And I want you to know this morning that Moses is a type of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Moses was called to come and be a deliverer and rescue the people. And I want you to know this morning that Jesus is our rescuer today. Aren't you grateful that we have Jesus to come and rescue us today? Hallelujah. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, 13 and 14, for God rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. Listen to me this morning, friend. Jesus Christ is the one who saves us and rescues us from our sins. Nobody else only Jesus is the one that can rescue, he's the only one that can set you free from the slavery of sin and because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross at Calvary, we can live life with Jesus as our master and sin now has been put behind us and we're no longer slaves to fear, we're no longer slaves to darkness, we're no longer slaves to shame, we're no longer slaves to guilt, we have been paid, we've been redeemed, we belong to Jesus Christ he's our rescuer today, Hallelujah hallelujah oh my it's hot up here listen to me god looked down in that story of exodus and he saw how the people of god were in slavery and you know what friend god looked down on us and he saw how sin enslaved us And what does he do? He sends his son Jesus to rescue us. Isn't God good? He sends his son. That's the whole reason he came, was to die on the cross so our sins could be washed away. If you showed up this morning and you need to be rescued from the slavery of sin, Jesus paid the price. He can rescue you. He can give you new life today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, only Jesus can do it see, because there's power in sin. Listen, please listen to this warning I'm about to give you. Sin is nothing to play around with. Sin is nothing to play around with. It's nothing to joke about. It's nothing to mock about. Sin is powerful. Sin is powerful. You look at the world that we live in today and tell me sin's not powerful. People who think they have it all but really, they're in slavery to sin. Look at the world that we live in today. People are living in, as slaves, people are slaves to hate, people are slaves to violence. People are slaves to greed. They just can't get enough. They want more. They want more. People are slaves to drugs and alcohol. People are slaves to perversion. People are slaves to self-gratification and, and, they're, and slaves to pride. And it's all driven. It's all driven by the taskmaster of sin. Sin has a power to destroy you. I'm telling you, friends, sin has the power to destroy you. It has the power to destroy your family. It has the power to destroy your marriage. Listen, eventually sin is going to bring nothing but pain and suffering, and eventually it's going to be death, because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Sin is powerful. I will never forget, I don't know if any of you are familiar with this pastor or not, but any of you ever heard of the pastor by the name of David Wilkerson? He's the he was the uh, founder of uh, Times Square Church in uh, New York City. But he's also the founder of, of a, a drug and alcohol rehab called uh, Teen Challenge. And I'm very familiar with Teen Challenge. We've had people that we use it as a resource here in this church. i got family that's been through uh, Teen Challenge. And it's a great rehab center, Christ-centered. But if you ever read the book on how Teen Challenge was started, there's an amazing testimony in there that really illustrates the power of sin David Wilkerson tells the story that they opened up the rehab in New York City and they brought this man in that was in a heroin addiction and they were going to try to work with him and slowly wean him off the heroin but the man this is back in the day now this man said listen I don't want to do it that way I want to go cold turkey I want to go cold turkey I got to get this out of me I can't keep going on and living like this in life please help me just let me go cold turkey And he said, listen, here's what I want you to do. Put me in this room, and I want you to handcuff me to the radiator on the wall. You know how they heated the buildings? They had the radiator on the wall. So what they did was they handcuffed him to the uh, radiator in that room, and they came back later to check on this guy. And when they opened the door, he was gone, and the radiator was gone too. And they said that he was going down the sidewalks in New York City, handcuffed and carrying a radiator, headed to get some heroin. And that's how strong and powerful sin can be. It's a task, master friend. And it'll take you some places that you would never want to go. That's how powerful sin is. But glory to God, Jesus is greater. Jesus paid the price. He can set the captive free. No matter who you are. Hallelujah. He can rescue you. Jesus has the power to rescue you from sin. Listen to me, friend. Please listen to me. You can say no to every temptation there is because the power of God is in you now. You can say no to that because of Jesus Christ. When the enemy comes to try to enslave you and push you to keep going further and further because of the taskmaster of sin, you can call on Jesus. You can cry out to Jesus, and he'll make a way of escape for you. Hallelujah. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. Galatians 5.1 says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Listen, friend, you don't have to keep walking through life uh, with the burden and the yoke of slavery. You can be set free, You're no longer a slave to sin, but you can start a new life with Jesus Christ as your master because he's the one that brings freedom to us. He can make you an overcomer, hallelujah, he can make you victorious. You don't have to keep saying, no, uh, you know, uh, I'm Jeff Dale. I'm, a, I'm still an addict. No, I'm not. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. You can be victorious this morning. You can be an overcomer this morning. This is where I'm getting ready to kind of flow here. We're we're, we're doing really good. I'm getting ready to get in your business now. Y'all ready? (laughs) So we learned that Moses is a type of Jesus Christ. And Moses has been called by God to lead the people out of Egypt. I want you to bring my people out of Egypt. So Egypt is really a picture of the world. Egypt is really a picture of your old life. Let me just tell you today, friend, God wants to deliver you out of that old way of life. He wants to deliver you out of that old way of life. He doesn't want you to go back. He's called you out, and he doesn't want you to go back. And here's the problem. Some people, instead of coming out and going all the way with God, they come out of the Egypt, they come out of their old way of life, and they start playing around and wandering in the wilderness, and they keep hearing the world call them back, call them back. And and it's appealing to them. And before you know it, instead of going all the way with Jesus Christ, they've gone all the way back in the world again. Back to sin, back to slavery, back to bondage. Because that's all it is. More bricks, more bricks, more bricks. And you're living a life burdened by sin. You're living a life of pain and sorrow when Christ has so much more for you. God, help us not to go back to that old way of life. Man, wasn't that a powerful song this morning? I don't want to go back to that old way of life. God has rescued, listen to me, friend. God has rescued you so he can do something new in your life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation, and the old is gone, and the new has come. Praise the Lord today. Yes. That when he calls you out of Egypt, he's wanting to do something new in your life. He rescues you to give you new life. He rescues you so you can have a new purpose, and a new dream, and a new hope, and a new peace, and a new joy, and most of all, a new master in life. That's why he's called you out of Egypt. He can take you out of Egypt and he can take you to the promised land. But you got to make a decision that you're going to go all the way with Christ. Listen, you can't live one foot in Egypt and one foot over here in the promised land. God is wanting to pull you out. He's saying, listen, I want you to come out of that place and I want you to go with me. It's going to be a place of milk and honey. It's going to be a place of blessing. It's going to be a place where you can experience me. But you got to come out of that old life and start walking in this new life with Christ. What about you, sir? What about you, ma'am? Are you walking all the way with Christ right now? Are you still flirting and looking back at Egypt? Because you know the people of God did. They got out and wandered in the wilderness and they said, you know what? We think we want to go back. Listen, friend, there's nothing back there good for you. There's nothing but bricks. There's nothing but slavery. There's nothing but pain and sorrow and grief and guilt and fear. There's nothing good, nothing but slavery when you go back to Egypt. And God has rescued you. Please listen to me. God has rescued you so you can start a journey with him that will bring him glory. You've been rescued so you can begin this new journey that will bring glory to God. How many of you want to bring glory to God? We all do. But you've got to go all the way you got to go all the way. Say all the way. All the way. All the way. you got to go all the way because there's so much more that Christ has for us. Some of us think, well, I, I got saved and I know I'm not going to hell now, but, but you know what? There's so much more with Christ. Amen. There's so much more. You can never experience enough of him. There's so much more he wants to do in your life. And you need to go all the way with him. You need to make him master. Not just savior, but master. You need to make Him master of your life. You need, to, you need to do His will. You need to follow His plan. Are you doing that this morning? Are you following the plan of God for your life? Are you doing His will? Are you still flirting and looking at the things back there and, and trying to dabble into uh, Egypt and, and trying to uh, say you're claiming to be a follower of Christ over here? I'm just asking that question. Because God wants you all in. He wants you all the way in. Some people... Not people in this church, other churches in Oklahoma. They 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 claim they claimed that I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm, I'm listen. He rescued me out of slavery. I'm following him. Yet they they they're still living like the world. They're still living like the world. They're still doing things like the world. God, help us to come all the way out so we're not wandering. Help us not to go back. Help us not to wander in the wilderness. Help us, Lord Jesus, please help us to go all the way. All the way, God. Help this church go all the way with you. All the way that we'll walk in integrity, that this church here have a testimony of people that are all in with Jesus and and they're not living in the world on Monday through Friday and then trying to come to church on Sunday. God, help us not to be hypocritical. Help us to be sold out and all in with Jesus Christ. God, help us. Help us, God. Help this preacher. Help us, God. Help us, oh God. Let me ask you the question this morning. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come, help me, brother. I'm just going to ask you this question. Egypt represents the world. Egypt represents slavery to sin. Egypt represents darkness. Let me ask you this morning, are you out of Egypt? Are you out of Egypt? Are you still enslaved by sin? Because the Lord's desire is for you to be brought out of that place, never to go back, but to have freedom and to be rescued. And God can do it. Listen, I don't care who you are. God can rescue you if you'll just cry out to him and call out to him. I promise you, he will come. He'll come and help you. Man, God, make us to be bold followers of Christ. All in. No longer slaves to sin. Let me ask you this morning. You don't have to raise your hand. Sometimes it's good for you to do that. I know when I raised mine for the very first time, whew, Them bricks that were in Egypt, they got busted up. They came off of me when I lifted my hand and said, You know what? That's me. I need to be rescued from something. (laughs) Man, it's no fun to be enslaved to sin. I'm just telling you, it will pull you down, it will tear you apart. It will bring so much grief and hurt. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for his mercy and for his grace. Hallelujah. That despite where we are and the circumstances and the environment that we grow up in, he's still there. He said, you know what? I'll rescue you, son. Just call out to me. I'll rescue you, young lady. Just just call out to me. Do some of you need to be rescued this morning? Some of you need to be rescued. You need to come out of Egypt and you need to go with the Lord into the promised land. You need to go all the way with God. And I know what some of you are probably thinking right now. Can, can God truly rescue me? And the answer is yes. Wait a minute. I've, I've been in this slavery for years and years. My, my, my daddy, my granddaddy, my daddy. It's all I know. It's, it's really normal for me. I'm just walking around in these chains. I've been enslaved all my life. I've been convinced that this is how it's going to be. You mean to tell me that God can rescue me? The answer is yes. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> Oh, man, just taste the Lord. He's good. Would you bow your heads right now, please, all across this worship center, please, please be reverent to the Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, please, Lord, just move right now in the hearts of your people. Lord, I just feel a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude right now, God, that you're able to do all. Nothing's too hard for you, Lord. Lord. Friend, listen to me this morning. If you showed up here and you need to be rescued, you're in a place where you just feel trapped and pinned down and you've lost hope and you feel like there's no help for you. You're at a place where God can rescue you. Just reach your hand to Him. I'm telling you, friend, He'll save you. Nobody's looking around. I'm going to ask you this one question and then we're going to move on. Do you need to be rescued from something? Sir Do you need to be rescued from something? Ma'am How about you? Do you need to be rescued from something? Bitterness, rage, hatred Perversion just, Just name it Nobody's looking around Would you just say that's me and lift your hand right now Come on lift your hand Would you be honest? God bless you God bless you, come come on, be honest to God God bless you, God bless you God bless you God bless you for honest hearts I need to be rescued Let's pray, Father There's been several hands that have been lifted up right now You are the only one that can free us from this slavery the only one that can rescue us, and I prayed it right there in those pews and those chairs, every hand that went up, Lord, I pray that you would rescue that individual out of that slavery they're in. God Almighty, help them to come all the way out and to go all the way with you right now. That they would just confess their sins to you, admit that they're a sinner and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ and I repent of my sin I turn from Egypt and I turn to you God and today on this Sunday I make you master of my life God do something new in me oh God give me new peace (laughs) give me new purpose oh God give me new hope again God give me new direction, but most of all, Lord, I want you to be my new master. In the name of Jesus, Christ